Hello and welcome to the We Are NTC podcast, a production of NTC Australia and New Zealand. My name is Joseph Wood and I'm the Dean of Students at NTC and your host for the podcast. Welcome to the second episode of 2023. Our guest for today is the Reverend Richard Gieskin, our lecturer in Bible, Mission and Pastoral Theology. Richard is a faculty member with one of the longest connections to the college. He first came to NTC in 1996, having moved from South Africa following God's call into missionary work. With some twists and turns along the way, Richard and his family made Queensland their home. Richard is more than a lecturer. He's a pastor of a local church. He's a leader on the Asia-Pacific region of the Church of the Nazarene. He is currently studying for his Doctor of Ministry degree at Asbury Seminary. He's a colleague, a father, a husband, and many other things. In our conversation, we unpack the ways in which Richard sees his many roles intersecting and influencing each other, making him the person he is today. Richard loves enabling students to thrive, and he's also pretty good at fixing an IT problem or two. It's great to have Richard on the team here at NTC. I hope you enjoy getting to know Richard as you listen to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the We Are NTC podcast. It is my privilege to introduce you to our guest today. This is... I'm Richard Giskin. <laughs> uh, nice to be here with you, Joseph. Yeah, so we have Richard here. Richard um, wears a few different hats around the college and around his life and ministry, and so we're going to explore those, those things together. Uh, first, I wanted to focus on your current role at NTC. Um, I guess I could say roles because I know you do more than one. So tell us a little bit about your role here at the college. I suppose um, the most obvious is I teach in the area of Bible and mission. Um, I get to teach some interesting subjects like world religions um, and uh, also uh, explore how we can connect the gospel to people in, um, in our Australian society. So that's, that's part of my role is, is teaching. Okay. But then I, I also kind of do a little bit of background stuff, um, trying to help out with some of the IT management and things yep. like that. So. Super important. I mean, if any of you know anything about theological colleges these days or higher education full stop, technology is integral, really, uh, to what Absolutely. we do. Yeah. So give us an example of something you would have fixed recently. <laughs> recently um, yeah I mean just some of the stuff that we're doing in terms of video of uh, video conferencing is just very mundane things like making sure that the computers you know updated and yeah. making sure that uh, the, the, the the computers are actually uh, of a standard that can run the uh, run the information so through the worst thing for a teacher is to go into a classroom turn on the computer and it says this needs 50,000 updates. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And the percentage is just slowly, slowly, slowly going up. So Richard teaches for us. He does some IT for us. Um, but that's not all you do. We'll get to your other role hmm. and your other part of your life here, here in a little while. But let's step back a little bit and talk about how you got connected uh, to NTC. I know you've been here for quite a while, but you haven't always been here. So, so take us back as far as you want to go. Right. Well, yes, I, I started my first uh, connection with NTC was as a student back in 1996. Uh, the, that's the like the last century. It is the last century. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I came from South Africa mm -hmm. to NTC as a student. Okay. Um, and it was kind of touch and go. Um, 
you know, as to whether we w would even be allowed into the country because they still hadn't had um, the right... Um, I want to say qualifications, the right paperwork right, okay, um, yeah. to be able to... To sponsor you. To bring as, in as overseas come, students, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah on that's... some kind of official basis. So so we were in South Africa waiting to to come to, to NTC. Um, and I don't know if the Lord was testing us or, you know, in, in terms of our motives for, for being here, but it was taking so long and it was within two weeks of classes starting and we still hadn't got our visas and things. Right. Um, and so we ended up going to NTC in Johannesburg okay. and filling out the application forms and mm. seeing where we would stay and was quite at peace with going to, to college at NTC Johannesburg. Yeah. And the very next day, we got a phone call from NTC Brisbane right. to say that they had all the um, the paperwork in place that yeah. we, we were now able to come um, and study here. Oh so that goodness. was... That was that was some tense moments, um, but we just trusted that that was in the Lord's so hands. So, did you arrive within that two weeks, or did you miss the first week of class? No, we, we arrived just just about on time. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. It's so you came from South Africa to our campus here in Brisbane. That's right. And um, did you live on campus? We lived on campus um, in in a few of the the houses. Mm -hmm. uh, the the, the Great story that we like to tell is um, we had actually been put into some faculty housing, and um, because the, the there was a, an overseas lecturer coming for second semester, mm -hmm. and so we could stay in the house for the first semester. Okay. Um, and and the faculty person coming, um, his name was George Lyons, okay. Dr. George Lyons. Right. And so the joke was that the Africans would need to vacate for the Lyons because <laughs> the Lyons were coming. So. so Let's let's take one more step back. You said we came. That's right. So it wasn't just you. Who no. else came with you? So it was my wife Judy, uh -huh. and at uh, at that stage, our ten month old son Joshua, who's oh now twenty seven. Oh my goodness! So that's yeah, quite a move, then, wasn't it? That? It was a big move. Yeah, we pretty much packed up the family and, right. and moved out here. And we so, didn't know anyone here. We didn't. It was a complete unknown. What made you think about Australia? I mean, did someone share? You know. It, share about the college and you learned about it or what well we we had this uh, judy and i had this dream that we would um become missionaries in china okay and because uh, ntc um australia is on the same region mm -hmm. um we we felt like if we studied here that would be one step closer to mm -hmm. to that goal um and so we we didn't really know a lot of how things worked back then so we were here for two years and then um, an opportunity arose for us to go and study at the Asia-Pacific Nazarene Theological Seminary Okay. Uh, in, in the Philippines, in, the Philippines okay. in Manila, right? And so that was one step closer again. So yeah. so we, we upped and off to there, Okay. Um, only to be told that we needed some pastoral experience and the opportunities opened up for us to come back to Australia okay. once I got the MDiv from, right. um, from, from APNTS. APNTS. Okay. Yeah. So... When you were here, I'm guessing that was an undergraduate level study? Yes. And was that the advanced diploma? That's an diploma? advanced diploma. Advanced diploma. That's right. And so yeah. what did that include? Um, or how many, do you remember, like, how many classes? Oh. <laughs> well, it was four classes in a, in a semester. Right, okay. Like a full-time load. But uh, I got through two years of that and then okay. transferred over to the to the Master of Divinity. Okay. Just because I've, I've, I've got a previous degree. I have a, a right. degree in economics. 
Oh, okay, okay. And um, so that was that was in my previous life. So you're able to piece those things together to be qualified for the. For the yeah, so so that undergraduate allowed me to go into into right. the postgraduate studies over there. Excellent. But um, I, I think you know just reflecting on on some of the things that were valuable to me in that um, initial time here at NDC is. Um, just the, the the ideas of critical thinking mm-hmm. and 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 writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are skills which I don't really remember learning at school. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether they didn't teach us or whether I just wasn't paying attention that day. Yeah. But even at uni, I, I kind of got through um, economics and those kind of things. You don't. Yeah. You yeah. Don't it's really a do. it's a very different discipline. Yeah. But um, settling down um, here at NTC, there there was some some really good help in terms of learning to write. Mm-hmm. Um, cohesively and, and to be able to put sentences together that right. other people could actually understand and how to balance uh, my own thinking together with the thinking of um, of, of other writers of course um, taking academic sources and integrating them into my thinking yeah yeah I mean that's something that all of our students need to learn some students come in with some experience mm-hmm. some students this is brand new to them um, but you're right about critical thinking being integral to what we do in theological college and that word critical often comes with a <laughs> negative connotation right. yes what would be you know the better way of understanding the word critical my my sort of fallback is um analyzing so mm-hmm. sort of um how, how do you analyze how do you think about what is being said rather than you know what is be, what is negative in yeah. this so um but to me also that analyzing is is seeing where are the strong points, where are where are some areas that um, might be some gaps that mm-hmm. I need to fill in in my own mm-hmm. wanting to apply that knowledge yeah, um, exactly. to my specific situation as well. Yeah, and these are things that you'll learn as you go. That's right. You know, no one is going to be an expert from day one. Yeah. Um, and so, whatever level of study you're doing, you'll you'll grow into this. Uh, one phrase that I've heard in my own life and study is um, finding your voice, mm-hmm. right? You'll, you'll end up finding a rhythm of writing, a rhythm of reading um, that fits well for you. Then you'll start to think, once you've done some study, once you've done some reading, you're kind of, another way of looking at this is you're joining into a conversation right. that has been going on for 2,000 years, yes. you know? So whatever you're going to be saying about Jesus, somebody may have already said that, or thought that. Yeah. And so it's really important for you to identify, and this is what critical thinking does, it identifies the different ways that, using this example, people have talked about Jesus or mm-hmm. understood Jesus, the way that you think you think about Jesus, and then whether or not there are other voices who align with what you think yourself. Um, and you're joining in that conversation. I've, I found that really helpful. I, I really like metaphor. that analogy of the, yeah. of the conversation because mm-hmm. that's something that's, that's very practical. We all have conversations about all sorts of things these days, you know, and everyone's an expert. Well, I thought about another illustration actually this weekend. I was doing a social media, you know, perusal and found a conversation going on. And so someone had made a post and then there were some comments, you know, just still popping up 30, 40 comments. This was a big conversation. And I read one's, one person's comment and as I read it, I thought, well, that's already been discussed. Right? Someone has already answered that question, or somebody has, has already made a comment about what you, what you are suggesting now. And it illustrated to me what we do in theological college. That person hadn't actually read mm. the rest of the comments that had been made. They're joining an ongoing conversation, trying to make a contribution, but not realizing that co- their contribution has actually already been made. Right, right. It doesn't mean that their contribution isn't valid. 
It just means that they are joining something that's already begun. Yeah. Um, so I found that social media example uh, really, really helpful. Yeah. I might use that one in class. One so, day. I mean, that, that leads really into to a, another very important thing that I learned in those initial two years at, at, at college is, is the skill of listening. Oh, yeah. Um, um, active, active listening. Mm-hmm. Going back a while now, trying to remember these these terminologies, but the just the to be able to um, hear what someone else is saying, and mm. and not just to hear it from my own perspective, but to actually begin to hear what they are meaning by the words that they are using as well. I think that that was that's been that active listening skill is is something that um, I feel has enriched my own life, my own ministry, and the things that I do. Um, I'm by by no means an ac- expert. You know, in, in in this in this area, but um, I think if, if people just spend a little bit more time listening, you know, and that in listening in 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 our academic environment is is the reading that we do. So when you read a, mm-hmm. someone's textbook or you read um, church history, yep. uh, to hear what what is being said, and then bring as you say, bring your own yeah. voice into that. Exactly, as well. and then context is really important. You know, so for, especially for historical examples, mm. you know, if someone is writing about Jesus, to continue with that example, in the third century, you know, they're writing in a in a place and a time that's very different than mine, mm. even though the subject might be the same. And so, when I read, uh, for example, one of my favorite persons who's written about Jesus is a person called Irenaeus, and Irenaeus is actually a second century theologian. And the things that he is saying about Jesus, he had a particular reason for writing. He was writing against some false teaching about Jesus Mm. to a particular group of people. Mm. Now, again, when I join that conversation, I need to recognize that Irenaeus is not just telling me about Jesus. He's telling me about Jesus for a specific reason to a specific group of people. I mean, as a biblical theologian, you know all about this. Uh, you know, when we're reading the Bible, we understand that the writers of the Bible are have an audience. You know, they have a That's particular great. group of people yeah. that they're writing to. So this is good stuff. Uh, maybe yeah. we should do a second podcast <laughs> on, on, you know, what theological <laughs> thinking is, yes. right? Um, but let, let's get back to you and your journey. Um, so you talked about coming to NTC. That was a big decision for you all. Um, you you moved to Australia, and then you ended up moving to the Philippines and doing uh, master's level work there. Um, and then you came back to yes. Australia, but you didn't come back to study or to teach at the college. You came back to do what? I came back to be a pastor. Exactly. Uh, so tell uh, us a little bit about your pastoral experience in in, in Australia. In Australia. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, you're just talking about context. You know, living in these different contexts, you realize just how... Um, you know, the, the being part of the church is, is very different in South Africa, mm. uh, very different in the Philippines, very different here in Australia. So mm. just trying to find a place. So we came back um, with the idea that we would get some pastoral experience so that we could go and be missionaries in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we came back to <clears throat> what was then, uh, we came back to the, um, what was then the Inala Church of the Nazarene, today's uh, Place of Peace. Okay. Yep. Um, still in the suburb of Inala. Mm-hmm. Uh, and worked with the church there. But very early on, we just felt like people were, um, there was a sense in which, yeah, you're only here for two years and then, you, then you're moving on. And so we had to come to a point in, I had to come to a point in my own life and Judy and I decided we'll, we will be here as long as God, the church and the government would want us here because we were here on temporary residence mm-hmm. visas. We didn't have any, um, any claim to permanent residence. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really changed the relationship with the church 
to mm. be able to say, no, we, we're, we're part of this church, we're part of this community, mm. we want to, to embed into this, um, this neighborhood yeah. that we're working in. Um, so we were, I, I worked, I pastored the church for almost five years right. over at Inala. Um, and really, really great times, you know, fantastic people, yeah. and um, just saw some some really great things happening. We did some experiments with uh, doing church in, in different ways, mm-hmm. um, trying to connect with uh, people who didn't have a lot of church background, and mm-hmm. so try and make sense of why we do the things that we do in mm-hmm. church. And then during that time as well, I... I, I can't help myself, but you know, I picked up another uh, a master's degree in so the master of theology through Griffith University. Okay. So I started studying in that area as well. And did that have a particular focus or emphasis for you, it, or has biblical studies? I mean, that's that was, your that primary. Was, that was my primary okay. biblical studies. Yes, because when when I got to uh, the seminary in, in the Philippines, Dwight Swanson okay. uh, had just left, right, and so there was no Old Testament person there. Right. So my passion was for Old Testament. And you know, I kind of didn't get to live out that passion. So when I got back here, yeah. the um, the Master of Theology program allowed me to fill out some of that Old okay. Testament um, studies. And Griffith is it's Brisbane. It's a Brisbane-based it? university. Yeah, yeah. Right, okay. it, I I studied is kind of an interesting combination. It's the Bris, It was the Brisbane College of Theology, which okay. is Anglican uniting and Catholic colleges okay. that were in a consortium together. Uh-huh. But the degree was actually awarded by Griffith University, if that makes any sense. So I mean, it does to me. Maybe not to our <laughs> listeners. So currently, we we offer degrees through the Sydney College of Divinity. That's right. But there are a number of colleges who make up what's called the Sydney College of Divinity. Um, it's our our awarding body, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't exist if it didn't have the eight different. Right. Uh, we call them. Uh, what do we call them? MIs. Member, member institutions. Right. Uh, the member institutions make up. Uh, this yeah. this and the Sydney College of Divinity. Yeah, so it makes it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, okay, so you you're back in Australia. You pastoring in in Anala. You you've done your master's degree. Um, did you pastor somewhere else? Um, no. At the end of that five years, then um, one of the faculty that was working here as a missionary, David Ackerman, mm-hmm. um, was called back to the Philippines, I believe. Okay. Um, and so they they. Um, their family moved out, leaving a, a place to be filled, and I happened to have the skill set to okay. fill that position. So 2005, I right. started teaching. <clears throat> in 2005, I started teaching at NTC okay. um, in the area primary of biblical studies. Right. Um, yeah, and kind of been doing that ever, ever since. And so was that your only... Your only job, I guess, as it were? Initially, yes. Just teaching? Um, so teaching and, and IT work. I yeah. really enjoyed the IT stuff. Um, it is crude days of, of video conferencing. Yeah, of you course. Know, we, used to, we used to have cables running across from the education building to the, what, you know, the other side of campus to, oh, wow. to try and get connections going. I, I think you know, if anybody had seen it back in those days, <laughs> they would have been horrified. You're pioneers. That's <clears throat> what you are. Absolutely. Pioneers. But um, yeah, so about um, about eight or nine years, I worked just at NTC, mm-hmm. um, and then um, around 2011, 2012, um, there was a, a doctoral student here at the college mm-hmm. um, who is who's doing his doctorate of ministry is from the uh, from the Netherlands, okay, and um, it 
so happened that, that one of the churches just up the road here was looking for a pastor. And we both had half time that we could present. Okay. And so we actually went to the church board and said we would come and pastor as a, as a team. Okay. Um, and so that, that started me then uh, at pastoring at the, at the Redlands Church in the Nazarene. Right, okay. So Eric Grunefeld. Yeah. Um, some people may know that name, probably many don't. Okay. But um, I think he was the, the first doctoral student from, from NTC. Right, yeah. Um, and, and the two of us pastored as, as co-pastors right. um, so for four years. So now you're pastoring and teaching. He was pastoring and studying. And studying, yes. At the same time. Yeah. And so I guess you've been there for quite quite a while now because you're, you're still currently I'm still, there. I'm still currently pastoring. Is that the church. same one long span yeah, of time? Yeah, so that's, I've been there 11 years right. uh, teaching, uh, pastoring right. at the college. And I think this is my... I need to work it out. A little bit longer years. A little bit longer years. <laughs> about, I think it's about yeah, the 15, 17, and 17. 17 years yeah, okay. um, teaching uh, at the, the college. college. No. Gosh, yeah. when you stop and think and, and actually count it up, you yeah. you don't realize it's gone. And then three more children after that? Three more children after that. Yeah. Yep. All, Who are all um, growing up really all quickly. Up. Yeah, our youngest is now 15. Right. So, wow. Yeah. And, and, and if you... <clears throat> all the boys have got Old Testament names. So, you know, that, that <laughs> of course, there's something about us. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, this, this dual role thing, because mm-hmm. there may be a number of people listening uh, or people who might be interested in going into ministry who have multiple roles. Um, the old word is bivocational, right. right? So you've had this experience for quite a while now. What are some of the challenges and opportunities of, mm. of pastoring and teaching in your case? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm in a unique situation where um, the teaching and the pastoral work um, dovetails very much. Mm-hmm. I, I have great respect for, you know, those who, who are uh, bivocational, where they have a, a secular job as a, a manager in a business or something like mm-hmm. that, where, where there's no obvious integration between mm-hmm. what you do in church and, yeah. and what you do during the week. Um, I, I find that my pastoring um, feeds into what I'm teaching mm-hmm. uh, because it's a practical outliving. How, how do we apply this knowledge that, we, that we're acquiring mm-hmm. um, into everyday living? Mm-hmm. Um, and vice versa, the, yeah. the teaching. Um, as a teacher, I, I'm, I feel I'm, I'm a bit more aware of what's happening at the grassroots level mm-hmm. and how what we're teaching um, how that can be applied in a ministry situ- in a ministry situation. So yeah. it's not just a not just getting a, an academic degree, but actually getting some tools for yeah. for ministry. That's one thing that is really important uh, to us at the college. That uh, we're not just you may have heard the phrase ivory tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not just sitting here reading our books, writing our papers with no connection to ministry out there. Every one of us are either dedicated lay people in our churches. We're actually most of us are ordained. Um, and this is our role, you know, in uh, mm. facilitating learning for the church. We understand our ministry here is a ministry. Um, it, it's not just an academic exercise. So you get to live that out, you know, in That's your pastoral right. work. Um, and some of our other uh, lecturers here are also pastoring churches um, or have previous experience. And I, I find that um, a really helpful, it is challenge, you know, mm-hmm. to try and balance these things. Um, but I've had so many different opportunities in my experiences uh, in pastoral ministry. Um, so many experiences where lights come on from me, 
um, when I'm having a conversation with someone who maybe isn't yet a Christian mm -hmm. um, or someone who's very new to the faith. So I might be in a classroom one day teaching very difficult theological concepts for master's degree level students. And then the next day I'm in a small group study with someone who is brand new to the Christian mm. faith. Oftentimes I find that those folks ask more profound questions Absolutely. or more important questions than the ones who have been doing reading. And so to be integrated, this, this study and church life is, for me personally, has been really important. Mm. I mean, I've actually dropped hours before uh, in my other teaching experiences so that I could give time uh, to the local church. And I just want you guys to hear that, yeah. you know, that what we do here is, is for and with and a part of uh, the church. So we've been talking a little bit about um, the connection between our life as, as teachers um, mm. currently and our work in the local church uh, as well and making connections between those two, how they kind of resonate with one another. I wanted you, Richard, to think about your time as a student. And were there any things in your life as a student or any experiences that you had, any particular um, things that you learned or tools that you maybe you gained that you have clearly seen um, has benefited you uh, in pastoral mm -hmm. ministry? What, what, what did you use? You know, what tools did you gain at NTC that you now use at, uh, in pastoral ministry? Joseph, I think one of the greatest things is, is you know, this, this word that we learn at college, hermeneutics. Uh, which is it's a big the, word. It is a big word. <laughs> Give us a definition. Uh, it's the the art of interpreting okay. uh, texts. Yeah. Uh, so the idea of of reading, realizing that you've got a, a whole lot of information in your own mind that you're using as a filter to read these uh, the Bible passages or um, whatever whatever you're, you're reading really. And and the more that I've kind of thought about this and applied this, I, I realize that that everything that we do revolves around interpretation. When you see somebody driving on the road, uh, you immediately interpret, you know, that they cut you off because of, you know, whatever reason. You, yeah. you, you, have, a, you yeah. have a reason in your mind why you think that they're doing that. Yeah. Um, and it's sometimes good to stop and ask yourself those assumptions that you have. Are they valid assumptions mm. behind, you know, perhaps that person's got an emergency that, they, that they're heading to. So in, in a church situation, taking um, passages of scriptures that... Uh, perhaps we're very familiar with and going over over them again and saying is the saying what I think it's saying mm. um, how does this relate to how I'm living how how does this apply from you know these these verses have been written thousands of years ago life has changed mm. um, how much has it changed what has changed what has remained the same mm. being able to ask those questions and and, and think about um, how they were living in those days compared to how we're living now mm -hmm. and how we might apply those same truths mm. into into the way we're living today. So some of the things that you would have learned uh, as a student in the DC, mm. you know, hermeneutical tools. Some of, what, yeah, what would be an example of a hermeneutical tool? I, I think tool? one of the biggest things there is is um, to actually read verses of Scripture in context. You know, okay. I, I grew up with a, with a little, you know, pull a verse out there our daily bread thing yeah. and, and, and read it. And it's almost like a, a, a Christian for, um, fortune cookie. Yeah. You know, here's your verse for the day and you apply it just in whatever way you you, yeah. you see fit. Um, but to actually stop and then think, well, this verse sits within a, a chapter mm -hmm. that, that the writer is speaking about a much bigger topic and mm -hmm. then try and figure out how that verse fits into this bigger topic 
and then how that bigger topic speaks into my life right. rather than that one specific brick. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, had, I had an experience where an Old Testament teacher was lamenting when we cut psalms off, mm. right? So we might choose um, a psalm for the day in, in a church service or, like you said, our daily bread. Yes. You know, you might have uh, a psalm for the day. But they'll only get the first half of the psalm, right? Yep. And what he said was that, uh, or the reason he was lamenting and upset, is it's like you're taking a song, which is a full song with yep. verses, and you're only looking at verses one and two of a song. Mm. You know, who, who only sings verses... You never get to the chorus. Exactly. Who, who only sings verses one and two <laughs> of a, Amazing Grace? You know, yeah. like you've got to yeah. get to the end to see the yeah. whole story. And that really opened my eyes to just reading the Psalms. Yeah. Um, even if they're long, there's a reason that they're long. Yeah. You know, there, there's a reason why each one of the stanzas uh, yeah. are included. And I think one of the one of the things that came out for me in, in, you know, when you start studying the Bible in that way, so much of the New Testament, in fact, the Old Testament as well, um, a lot of the you that we read in English is actually a plural. So it's right. actually talking about yous, you know, good Australian yous, yeah. uh, or, you know, from where you're from, y'all. Y'all, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's addressing a group of people. Yeah. Uh, and so that's addressing how we live our lives out together. Yeah. Not just as individual. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and exactly that word community. So when I came back from the Philippines, it, it, there was this, um, it's a very different community mm. to what I'm used to. Um, and I brought that back here thinking, how do we, how do we build community in our individualistic society mm. where people are just doing off doing their own things? Mm. How do we begin to... Uh, inter, integrate our lives into one another and and more fully live out this New Testament community where yeah. where we are parts of a body, right. um, as Paul speaks about. So there, there's your, your free tip for today. There's your free hermeneutical tool. <laughs> Question whether the you in the Bible is talking about an individual or if it's talking about a group of people. That's right. Don't just take it for yeah. granted that yeah. it's talking about an individual. Excellent tool. Um Let's let's move to present day. Hmm. Um, you are pastoring at the Redlands yes. Church, and you're doing teaching here um, in mostly mission. I'm assuming mission. Yeah. You're still doing some Bible yep. as well. And I, I'm kind of moving now into um, some more of the pastoral type subjects, like right. I'm, I'm uh, teaching preaching, okay. which is which is a challenge. In itself, you know, I'm I'm having to go back and look at my own practice, You're critiquing yourself <laughs> <laughs> as a preacher, and going, yeah. oh, well, I'm not applying these principles that I'm teaching. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, you know, I need to I need to really be uh, on top of my game with those things. Instead of you're not practicing what you're preaching, you're not preaching what you're preaching. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but you're also... I'm also a student. Um, a student. Yeah. That's right. I, a couple of years, two, three years ago now, I started a Doctor of Ministry program right. uh, with a, a seminary in the United States, okay. uh, Asbury Theological Seminary, right. which is a Wesleyan Methodist um, stream mm -hmm. of thought. Yeah. And it's been really great. I, I kind of feel like there was a bit of bait and switch involved in there. I signed up for the class. Um, and it had as a component is distance. Mm -hmm. So most of the work is done distance. Um, but for two weeks in the year, um, we get to go to the campus mm -hmm. and be part of uh, intensives, yeah. except then COVID happened. Oh. And so for the first two years uh, of the degree, yeah. we spent those intensives doing Zoom. Oh, um, such a shame. And because of time differences, you know, classes were from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. Oh, my goodness. Really taxing yeah. on, on the brain. But... Um, 
2022. Yep. Um, we got to go to the campus for the first time. It was really great just to meet up with people that I've been in small groups with. Mm-hmm. Um, feel like we've got a, a good common ground. Yeah. Um, and and to meet face to face, people from all around the world. We've got uh, we've got friends from Nigeria in the program. Yeah. Um, a friend from Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, even got a friend from Mississippi. There you go. Uh, and and to be able to get together now, it's it's not a Nazarene school. Um, and not even um, everyone in the program is is necessarily Wesleyan, mm-hmm. but there's there's the the common threads yeah. that run through. I think are so so beautiful, so strong. You know, talk about different to, contexts coming together. Absolutely, right? and it's it's so good to hear those those voices. You yeah. know, when when we talk about the struggles that we're having here in Australia, and then I hear you know a student from Nepal talking about the persecution that they're facing. Right, exactly. Kind of really puts my troubles in perspective. It does, doesn't it? Absolutely. And it highlights the fact that we're not we're not the only church that exists. That's you know, right. and your local church isn't yeah. the only church that exists. We're all the body of Christ, as Paul says, yeah. um, and that's a really good visible expression um, of that. And so the the aim, the hope, is to finish this by. Um, so graduation should be. Um, I'm working towards May 2024. Okay. Um, so I've I've done now all my coursework mm-hmm. for the degree, and now I'm working on a on a, a research project, um, right. which is kind of a practical thing. I've done a, a lot of reading in the area of evangelism, mm-hmm. the word that's probably most familiar. But, yeah. um, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm researching how we can better connect everyday Australians mm-hmm. to the gospel right. and how um, it can, um, I don't want to use the word relevance because the gospel is always relevant. Mm-hmm. But how you how people can begin to experience that power mm-hmm. in their own lives, right? Uh, and make the connections in a way that makes sense to them. Yeah. And part of the ways is, is I think sometimes the language that we use. I think sometimes the language that we use when we try and communicate the gospel um, either sets up barriers because it's 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 we use trigger words for people um, that are good theological biblical words like sin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to be more um, astute, more careful, more mm-hmm. uh, appropriate mm-hmm. when we're talking to people yeah. in, in our context. Yeah. Um, because sometimes when we use a word, they hear something that's completely different. Yeah. And so rather than just banging on particular words, try and get into that, what, what we're trying to, to say with those words. Yeah. Um, and so one of the areas that, that, one of the words that kind of a trigger word for me is, is speaking about the lost. Okay. You know, people people are, don't realize they're lost and you tell them they're lost. It, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and so I, I kind of think more in the terms of disconnectedness. Okay. Um, you know, the people are disconnected from spirituality. Mm-hmm. Now, spirituality in itself is, is a word that we, we use, but um, often we have different different dictionary definition true to what other people have yeah so just trying to um, connect with those those areas so um, I'm wanting to find out what's working in Australia where people are actually discovering new life in Christ mm-hmm. um, there's a guy down in in Sydney who, who does some some great work Sam Chan okay and um, he talks about um, how a lot of Asians uh, Chinese um, 
young people when they come out of the traditional Chinese religions and they discover freedom in Christ they, in in the church. Okay, it's it's like new life to them. Right. Um, but then he says, but you know, our, our Aussie kids can't wait to get out of the church to find freedom. Okay. You know, what's the difference? Why? Why? Yeah. Is one group of people finding freedom in Christ, and others are trying to find freedom from Christ? Right. Um, so those those are the kind of things that I'm trying to think through and have conversations with. Yeah. We were talking about conversations yeah. before, and 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 hear what what's happening, um, you know, and, and how we can. It's it's not so much about connecting church to people because church is institutional; it's mm-hmm. impersonal. Mm-hmm. But how do we how do we get people to meet Jesus? Yeah. Uh, because when you meet Jesus then your life is is transformed. Amen. If someone was interested in this kind of area, could Mm. you think of a book, you know, or an article or a writer that they... I know, just to give you some background, before my wife and I moved to Australia, our family, Mm. um, I asked Richard, "Is is there a book that could help me understand the the place of the church in Australian history and contemporary um, world. And, and he mentioned one called Australian Soul, mm. um, which is really helpful uh, for me. And uh, so I read that alongside just a general history uh, of the country of, of Australia. Mm. And I put those two things together and um, it was it was really, really helpful for me. So I guess, is there any, any book or any person you would suggest if someone uh, was interested in learning yeah, one about really spirituality, good is, in is Australian soul. Right. Okay. Um, Can you remember the name of the author? I can't remember. The Gary Boma. Gary Boma. Gary Boma. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who's ironically an American. Okay. Um, but <laughs> has lived has lived in Australia for for many many years. Okay. Yeah. Um, bit of an older book, 2006. So you know, uh, I've spoken, I've, I've had correspondence with with Gary trying to see if there's anything okay. more recent. Um, but there's. Um, guy by the name of Hugh, um, I'm just trying to remember how he pronounces his name. Um, he pronounces his name, uh, Mackie. Mackie. Yeah. 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 Or as... I would pronounce it Mackay, Mackay. like the Scottish yeah, way of doing right. it, but yeah, Hugh, Hugh Mackie. Mackie. Yep. Uh, and he's, he's got a lot of, a mm-hmm. lot of relevant stuff for, in terms of, uh, Australian culture. Okay. Um, and society. So yeah, that's, that's definitely, um, Sam Chan, um, yep. Evangelism for a Skeptical World. Okay. I don't think I've got that title correct, but I'm sure we can um, figure it yeah, out by yeah, googling. Yeah, absolutely. So he's, uh, I think he's, he's some of his underpinnings. He's got some really, really good entry points mm-hmm. into conversations with, okay. with people. Excellent. Um, That's really handy. So, yeah. um, Australian Soul. Australian Soul. Gary Boma. Gary Boma, and Hugh, Hugh Mackay. He's got a few books out yep. there, and Sam. And Sam Chan. Chan. And something with evangelism and and the word <laughs> evangelism for a skeptical world. evangelism for a skeptical world. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and again, if if you're ever interested in you know in books or in uh, lectures or any any kind of resources out there, just send us an email. Mm. You know, send an email to office at ntc.edu.au, and one of us um, will get that, and we could we can help resource you. That's one of our roles here at the college is to resource yeah. our people um, who are uh, doing the work of ministry wherever they are. Let's let's end our time together with some questions about you just as Richard, right? Mm-hmm. So two questions, you can decide which one you want to do first. One is what gets you going every day, like what <laughs> excites you? Um, and the other one is what do you like to do for fun um, to, to relax? So y- you decide whichever one you want to take first. Hmm. 
I, I yeah, I mean my my fun hobby is is uh, family history. Okay. Yeah. So I've done a lot of work with um, just trying to discover who I am, mm-hmm. you know, and, and growing up, I knew that my great grandfather came from the Netherlands, mm-hmm. knew nothing about my mother's family. Um, and so started exploring and, and discovered all sorts of things, you know, of, of my ancestry, um, that I have an Indian princess uh, somewhere up in my, in my genealogy. Um, my, one of my ancestors was the secretary to the governor of India back in the like okay. 18, 1850s and things oh, wow. like that. So fascinating things that, yeah. you know, you discover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've often wondered, you know, how, how has their life way back then influenced their children who influenced yeah. their children who influenced me, hmm. um, along the way. So, yeah, I mean, I could spend hours right. you know, pouring over those things. I, I, I enjoy it so much that I don't just, you know, explore my own personal history. I've couple of people at college have, have developed <laughs> their families been seconded for, for working for them okay that's excellent yeah. so, like ancestry.com I'm sure um, there's many other yeah, yeah. options out there yeah. um, and uh, so that's something you do for fun to, to relax yeah that's no, it's weird huh? well it's not weird we need people like you. I mean you're talking to a historian you know if we didn't have people like you then we wouldn't know the stories right. of all of these people um, and so what gets you going every day what excites you oh. about life Excites me about life. I, I just I just love being with people. Mm-hmm. You know, just just having conversations, uh, having coffee with with uh, folk, and, and hearing what's happening in their lives, and right. conversations about about faith, um, just about you know what people are thinking. Mm. Um, been doing some some carpooling, and and uh, my son and I get into some of these really interesting deep debates and and uh, the other kids in the in the in the car get really really quiet <laughs> but it's it's you never know that could be planting yeah seeds. absolutely no people i think yeah you know okay. is, is really my my passion yeah. you know just being able to which is ironic because i'm, I'm a bit of an introvert and a, right um well you just go do your ancestry ancestry stuff <laughs> in your own home office, you know, to, to <laughs> relax, right. re- yeah. recharge your batteries. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just remembered it's uh, Hugh McKay. That's how you pronounce Hugh it. Hugh McKay. Yeah, just wanted to get that one in there. All right. Uh, my final question is, is simply this. I ask everyone this one. Um, so what are your hopes for the future of, of NTC? Mm. And what would you say to someone who might be considering studying with us? Mm. My hopes for NTC is that we get discovered. I think you know we're we're and there's an amazing resource. Uh, we have a, a library that's second to none in in Queensland, uh, perhaps even on, in Australia. Uh, I think the environment for studying at, at NTC is is amazing. It's very open, very approachable. Um, again, that idea of community, you know, developing a sense of uh, of place and connection with people is is so very important. Um, the conversations that we have over morning tea and mm. during and after class are just so important to, mm. to being part of that growing in, in your spiritual in your spiritual walk with God. Mm-hmm. Um, love to see more students. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we always love more students. This is um, true because that that brings more voices to the conversation yeah um, and everybody's voice counts of course in in this uh, in this discovery uh, I think more and more I discover that it's it's not so much 
about what you know, but how you connect with people mm-hmm. that is that is important. And some people got a lot of knowledge, but um, just use it in a way that damages people. Right. And, and you know, I want to see NTC as a as a place that um, we can learn to be human together in a way that actually enriches uh, the life of others. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you, Richard. If people would like to contact you or if they had any questions for you can they find you online somewhere yeah go to the the ntc website i think yeah you've got a page on there we've got a page on there yeah. or, or just um email me at rgiskin at ntc.edu.au there you go good luck spelling giskin <laughs> you can find it you can find it on our our staff profile page i'm sure absolutely but thank you so much richard i really appreciate this i love getting to know my colleagues that i work with on a regular basis i actually learn a lot myself hmm. and i'm hoping that you guys as you're listening into this you now know richard a whole lot better than you did before you started uh, so thanks so much for joining me well thank you joseph and i, I look forward to uh, you know the interview that somebody does with you one day yeah maybe you're uh, making a suggestion of who could interview because <laughs> i haven't yet found someone but yeah maybe i'll do an interview soon as well yeah but thank you all for listening if you'd like to learn more about the college please check us out online at ntc.edu.au and you can follow us on facebook we hope to see you again in a future episode